Good morning, everyone. It's good to be with you. Uh, like Sean, um, I'm here because our brother Chris is not, and um, we know that he's suffering, and it's, it's oftentimes more difficult to watch people you love suffer than it is suffering yourself, right? Um, but last week, he introduced this idea of, of Christianity as, as simple, bringing it back to something simple. And we're going to talk again about the invitation that Jesus uh, gives in Matthew chapter 11 of this coming to me. And this invitation that he gives, this is not the come, come with me that you might have heard from your parents growing up. Hey, come with me. It's not this command for discipline, it's this invitation to be with him. This invitation for a restful life. And I think about that in times when we have people that are close to us that are suffering. He invites us in to a community. He invites us in to a family that are there for each other in times of need. I've had the great opportunity over the last several years, uh, much because of, of many of you, to be able to watch many people come and respond to this invitation, this coming to Jesus, this invitation to people that have suffered, to people that struggle in life, that people are, that the people that have been pushed away by their own societies, they all of a sudden hear this invitation that's compassionate, that says, come, just come. Come to me. And they gather all over the world people that have accepted this invitation. Just like we gather today. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. And I will give you rest. I received this picture, uh, these two pictures just yesterday from a team that I work with in Bucaramanga, Colombia, a team, missionary team that started in January planting a church in Bucaramanga, and, uh, and they had their first baptism uh, as they welcomed this sister into a new family because she also responds to the call, the invitation to rest. I want to read a little bit above the, the common verse that, that many of us have, have reflected on. We're going to jump up to read verse 25. So Matthew chapter 11, verse 25. It says, At that time Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. How can we know this is not just a command, this is an invitation? Think about little children when they're lost. Hey, come, with, come, come to me. The comfort that they feel when they come to their parents. Revealed to them the little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. Come to me, all who labor are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Last week, Chris talked about discussing some of the yokes that maybe we're carrying in our lives. And uh, he, he talked about kindness last week, that, that to be yoked with Jesus is to take on this teaching of His and to be kind. And so I just want to ask us this morning and reflect, how, how did we do this week? Where did we feel Jesus lead us into uh, an act of kindness? Where we challenged uh, with certain people around us to be kind, to respond with kindness? How did we do this week? Often I learn from from my children, as many of us do, and uh, my daughter Adeline, she's started soccer this last uh, season, and, and I learned kindness from her, because in the middle of her competitive game, a girl falls down from the opposing team, and she stops, doesn't go for the ball, she stops and are you okay? Are you okay? And then she's also learned that we take a knee when people are hurt, and now that's become her favorite thing. So anytime somebody goes down, the game stops for her. She's on her knee. Everybody on the knee. She enjoys this idea of, of being compassionate to others, to be kind to others. And so as we think about taking on the yoke or the teachings of Jesus, I want you to honestly reflect each week, how are you doing? Where is Jesus leading you? Is He leading you towards kindness, to be kind to others? When we lived in Zambia a number of years ago now, uh, we had the great blessing of being around a lot of farm animals. And so I didn't have an alarm clock uh, in Zambia. We had a donkey that was literally right behind our house that would bray about 6 a.m. every morning. And then there goes the roosters. The donkey beat the roosters to it. And so we were constantly around farm animals. And from time to time, I would have an opportunity... Uh, to see an ox cart go by carrying maize to the road. And I learned a little bit about what goes into training oxen to pull an ox cart. And so I wanted to, to send you this picture. This is, this is uh, behind our house in Zambia. And, um, and I want you to notice a few things about this idea of an ox cart. Because when Jesus says, take my yoke upon me, Yes, he's talking about teachings, but he's using a metaphor, right? A metaphor that they would have been familiar with, an image that would have come to their mind, and there's some things that, they, that would have just clicked for his original audience that don't always click for us that haven't grown up around ox carts. And I want you to look at the yoke. First of all, one of the things I think is significant about this is that the ox cart is not pulled by one ox right? There's two. There's two oxen here. And so when you're talking about carrying Jesus' yoke, I think there's a key here that's just above what we just read in chapter 11 in verse 25, 26. Jesus talks about this connection, this deep knowing of Him and His Father. There's this deep connection between Jesus and His Father. He does nothing apart from His Father. He has no authority apart from His Father. He gets it all from the Father. And he, he talks about this knowing and revealing in this mutual, intimate relationship 
that is his connection with his Father. And so when he goes on to invite us to come to him and to take his yoke, he's not merely inviting us to take on his teachings, he's inviting us to be connected to him. Teachings are hard to follow. And so when we think about simplicity and we add teachings, that doesn't always feel simple. But the invitation is yes, to obey the teachings, but is so much more than that. It's being connected and linked with Jesus. It's this mutual knowing of our Lord. That maybe, yes, the teachings is part of it, but that's not the point. The simplicity of the invitation is be with me. Yoke yourself with me. If anyone has ever been lost, I got lost a time or two on my bicycle in the middle of the bush in Zambia, and I, would, I thought, man, I'm just going to go this alone. I felt really brave. I would go out to do a Bible study through the village, and I would follow these paths by myself because I thought, you know, I'm adventurous. I can do this. And all of a sudden, I'd be in the middle of nowhere, and I'd pull up on a dead-end field, and I'm like, great. And no cell service. I know no one's around me. I'm completely lost. And then out of nowhere, somebody comes out of the bush and says, can I help you? Yes, please. And I, I walk with that person down the right path and they take me along the way. I didn't have to think about where I was going. I didn't have to watch for directions. I just walked with him. And so when I think about simplicity and the invitation of Jesus, maybe this is the point is that we are like these two oxen connected and linked together with Jesus that we almost don't have to worry. Why? Because He is showing us the way. When two oxen are being trained, when a, new, a young oxen is being trained to pull a cart, they link it with an older ox, one that's more mature, one that knows the way, one that knows how to carry the load, how to balance the load. One that is comfortable with the yoke on its shoulder. And so the young ox will be linked and they will uh, be trained side by side. And so when the young ox gets uncomfortable or he tries to buck off the other way or he's going the wrong path, the older mature ox gently guides him back on the path. Never carrying the load on his own. Always together. And as the young ox learns the load becomes lighter and lighter and easier. And so when Jesus says, come to me and learn from me, take on my yoke, He's not saying, here are my teachings, put them on your shoulder and walk by yourself. That's not what He's saying. He's saying, come and unite with me because we're in this together. And the beautiful thing is that we're, walking, we're looking around this room and we're not just in this with Jesus, we're in this together as the body of Jesus. And so we walk together. We help each other along the way when it's confusing, when it's difficult. When we start to veer off the path, Jesus and His body helps us along the way. And we're there for each other. And that sharing of the burden 
makes it easy, makes it light. And so we're on this, uh, this constant journey. Another thing that I observed about the ox cart was that the oxen never had the yoke on when they were just sitting. When the yoke was on, they were always walking. They were always on a journey. And it's, it is pretty incredible that Jesus says to take on my yoke and you will find rest, right? Because it kind of feels like work to take on a yoke and pull a cart. But Jesus says, you're going to take on my yoke and you're going to walk with me and you will find rest. That's the promise, right? And along the way, he's going to guide and we're going to learn and eventually we can find rest. And so I want to ask the question this morning. Is the yoke that you're carrying heavy? Is it burdensome? Are you laboring with this yoke? Are you resting carrying this yoke? And I think there's a couple of indications that maybe if, you're, if your yoke is heavy, if you've been on this path and you're thinking, I don't know if I can do this anymore, then maybe you've misunderstood Jesus' invitation. Maybe you thought, okay, I've got to take this Bible, these teachings, okay, and I've got to carry them by myself. And then I've got to be perfect. Because if I mess up, that's it. And so in order for me to find rest, I've got to find perfection. And by the letter of the law, I've got to obey. Maybe you've misunderstood that Jesus said, no, come to me and we'll do this together. So if it's heavy, maybe it's because you're carrying it by yourself. Maybe it's because you're not linked to Jesus and enjoying the grace of having him at your side carrying the, the burden with you, carrying the yoke with you. I know for many of us, we feel that. We feel deep shame or guilt when we mess up. And maybe that's because we thought we were supposed to do it alone. But that's not the invitation that Jesus calls us to. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's that you're carrying a different yoke. Maybe you've got some other yoke on your back, and that's why it's heavy. In the Old Testament, there is a story that references a yoke, a story that we're all familiar with uh, in Genesis chapter 27. Uh, the story starts earlier, but it's of two brothers, Jacob and Esau. And these two brothers, we know, were not the greatest of friends. They weren't the closest of brothers. They were in constant rivalry with one another. And we know that Esau is the firstborn just by just a few seconds. Uh, claimed the rights to the double portion of the inheritance. He claimed the rights to the blessing. That was his, the birthright. And we know through their story that Jacob was a great deceiver. He swindled Esau of his birthright. And then later, when his father was old, Isaac, he took the blessing from him. And if you don't know the story, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's really entertaining, okay? Of a brother and a mother involved here too, tricking the father and the husband to giving the blessing to the favored child. Man, this is a broken family. And so, Jacob tricks Isaac, and Isaac gives him this amazing blessing that says, essentially, you are going to be wealthy, 
you are going to be influential and your family will serve you. Your brothers will serve you. And then Esau comes home. Esau, this hairy hunter, okay, comes home, realizes what has happened, and he is livid. He's upset. And the first person he goes to is not Jacob, it's to his father. And he starts to scream at his father, shaking, Father, please, is there anything left for me? And Isaac said, I'm sorry, your brother took your blessing. There's, there's nothing left. I have nothing left to give. And Esau is begging to the point of tears. And finally, Isaac said, okay, I do have a blessing. Let's hear Esau's blessing in Genesis chapter 23, verse 39 through 41. It says, Then Isaac his father answered and said to him, Behold, away from the fatness of the earth shall your dwelling be. That's too bad. And away from the dew of heaven on high. What? I don't know if this is a blessing or a curse yet. By your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you shall break his yoke from your neck. Okay, this is a blessing from the Father. Okay? He's going to live away from the riches of the world. It's, he's going to struggle in life, and he's going to be in constant battle. You see this life ahead of Esau that is, that is angry, that struggles to be in a healthy relationship with others, and is carrying something with him throughout life that's going to be a burden, that is going to be a heavy yoke. It says, now Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, The days of mourning for my father are approaching. Then I will kill my brother. I've got two brothers. I mean, I can understand that. Okay? Especially if I have to serve my younger brother, um, that's, that's not going to go settle well with me. Well, same here for Esau. He's angry. And the, the neat thing about Esau, and, his, and the interesting thing, is, is we kind of leave him there with that anger. We leave him there carrying this resentfulness, this hatred, this bitterness, this brokenness now with his brother. We leave his story, and we follow Jacob, and, and we follow Jacob throughout his life, and we see his ups and downs, and we see the birth of his many sons. And toward the end of the story, you see a reuniting with Jacob and Esau. And it's a very interesting part of the story because Jacob knows he's going to meet Esau along the path and he's scared to death, so he sends out layers of people to protect him. He first sends his least favored wives and their children, okay? Uh, and then so on and so forth until he's at the end because he wants to butter Esau up because he knows many years have passed and Esau has been chewing on this, waiting for this moment to get revenge on his brother. And so Jacob, all nervous, sees Esau down the path. And he's expecting, you know, bullets to start flying. And all of a sudden, Esau starts to run. Could you imagine what Jacob's feeling? Esau is running towards him, okay? And he's running, and Jacob's like, oh, here it comes. Okay, I'm ready for it. And as he gets closer, he notices tears coming down Esau's face. And all of a sudden... 
He comes right up to Jacob, puts his arms around him, and he hugs him, and he kisses him, and he weeps. What an incredible scene. There's something curious to me about that. We don't know how Esau got to that point. But we know that Esau held on to a part of that blessing that Isaac gave him many years ago. When you get tired of the yoke of hatred and anger and desire for revenge, when it becomes exhausting, you will shake it from your shoulders and you will be free. You will be free. Wouldn't you like to know what the process that Esau went through to get to that point of forgiving his brother? Wouldn't you like to know that? Wouldn't that have been an important part of the story? We hear Jacob, but we don't hear how Esau got to that point. How he was freed from the yoke that was so burdensome for so long for him. And Jesus calls us to take on this, this yoke as well. Jesus in, chapter, in Luke chapter 6, verse 37, says this, Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. If we're looking at Jesus' teaching and what it means to be a Christian, and we're going back to this idea of simple, okay, this is one sentence. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Be kind to others. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Now, to some, to many, myself included, having the word simple beside the word forgive seems like an oxymoron, right? Like, it's not simple to forgive. How many years did Esau wrestle with the hatred and the bitterness before he finally was able to let go and reconcile with his brother, to be freed of that? You might even say this is offensive for those that have forgiven and gone through that process to be freed from the burden of, of bitterness, of vengeance. Because it wasn't simple. It was a journey, right? And the truth is, forgiveness is not simple. It doesn't always happen quickly. And it is not forgetting what happened to you. And it does not subvert justice and the need for it, but it creates space for justice, but not revenge. Forgiveness is not weakness, nor is it easy. But that's why I think it's so important to understand this metaphor of a yoke being linked to Jesus and that you're always walking, is that it's a journey that you don't do alone. And so when Jesus says, forgive and you will be forgiven, he was not saying in that moment, do it, and it's over. He says, come to me, all you are weary and heavy laden and burdened from whatever broken relationship you are carrying, whoever hurts you or whomever you hurt, you're burdened with that, you can't forgive them or you can't forgive yourself, come with me and I will give you rest. Is it simple? Coming to Jesus is. 
many have studied forgiveness over the years, and there's a, a book that I want to introduce. If you're in, in this wrestling with what it means to forgive, maybe self and yourself and others, uh, it's called The Book of Forgiving. And it was written by Desmond Tutu and his daughter, who uh, Desmond Tutu uh, is a South African leader, the chair of the Truth and Reconciliation Committee in South Africa, who were commissioned at a time where uh, the time of apartheid in South Africa where they saw atrocities happening to their race. Just because of the color of their skin, their families were, uh, many people in their families were killed. Uh, it was illegal to even walk beside someone that was of, this, of a different race and color. Um, it was a, a terrible time. And so he and his daughter have dedicated much time to study forgiveness and what happens in the purpose of forgiveness and, and maybe a pathway towards forgiveness to simplify your life. And I want to read you a quote from this book. It says, The quality of human life on our planet is nothing more than the sum total of our daily interactions with one another. Each time we help and each time we harm, we have a dramatic impact on our world. Because we are human, some of our interactions will go wrong. And then we will hurt or be hurt, or both. It's the nature of being human, and it's unavoidable. Forgiveness is the way we set those interactions right. It's the way we mend tears in the social fabric. It's the way we stop our human community from unraveling. When we think about the complexity that often we bring to our religion, forgiveness is the pathway back to simplicity. Think about the complexity that Jacob and Esau experienced in their families because of fighting, because of disagreements, because of jealousy, because of anger, because of holding on to bitterness. And I think about the complexity that came with that, the difficulty, the carrying that type of life. And so when Jesus comes and says, forgive, he's inviting us into a life of healing, of transformation, of simplicity, where you can come back and be whole again in yourself and with others. And I love this idea right now in a, in a time in our world where everything that we do affects everyone else. And there's nothing we can do today that doesn't affect people across the globe. That's extraordinary. Not only that, we can see the effects. We see the effects of what's happening in Russia and Ukraine. We see the effects of what's happening in South America. We see that and feel that today here in our world. Likewise, they feel the same effects of our actions or inactions. Yet forgiveness is the pathway back. Forgiveness is the way to stop our human community from unraveling. So I wanted to share, and again, I encourage you to pick up this book. It's very interesting, but there's four, a fourfold path that Tutu gives as they wrestled with facing the, the criminals, facing the people that, very people that murdered their own family members. And he says, in this process that's deeply aligned or deeply linked with your relationship with God, there's some ways that we can go about forgiveness that can help us move forward, that can lighten the burden that often anger and bitterness or need for revenge might carry, might put on our shoulders. 
One, he says, tell the story. You have to remember what happened. Forgiveness is not forgetting. Sometimes we have to remember and not just suppress the things that have happened in our lives, the people that have harmed us or that maybe we've harmed. Name the hurt. What is it that hurts about the interaction that you had with someone? The next step, and a very important one, granting forgiveness. Sometimes it's easier to forgive when someone asks for forgiveness, right? They ask for it, and something changes within our heart where we, we start to wrestle and we say, okay, I, I can at least get there because there's some remorse, right? There's some regret, there's some acknowledgement, okay? I named my pain, but now you're naming my pain, and now I can maybe reconcile. That's not what, what Jesus says. He says, forgive, and here Tutu says, grant forgiveness. That granting forgiveness is getting to a point where you can say, I forgive you, even if you don't recognize what happened. That that's a part of the path towards forgiveness. The last, and, and I think important, that we could spend a lot of time unpacking step and understanding this, when you get to that point of telling the story, naming the hurt, granting the forgiveness toward that person, that you have two pathways forward. You can renew the relationship, as Esau was able to renew the relationship with Jacob. Or, sometimes you need to release the relationship. And that release can be like that yoke, that, that burden, that you feel the pressure that I've failed in some way because the relationship is not restored. That sometimes you just have to release it. And oftentimes that happens when the other party does not wish to acknowledge the pain. Or maybe the hurt was so deep that you just aren't going to be able to be in community with that person. But you've been able to forgive and let go of the heavy load of anger and bitterness or the need for revenge. You can be free because it's tiresome. It's like Esau realized. It's tiresome to carry that load. I encourage you to pick up that book. It, it will definitely make you think. Uh, and if you're struggling with forgiveness, um, it will give you some great pathways and, and exercises to help. Um, and forgiveness happens on every level. We'll have an old show I used to watch. I remember the, the dad in the show saying, uh, I wake up and I, I say three I'm sorry's to my wife before we even get going. Um, sometimes forgiveness happens daily, right, in our interactions with those that we're close with. And so this process can be quick, but sometimes it can be difficult and, and take a long time. Regardless, we're, we're in it together. And so I want to end this morning with the question that we began with. Is the yoke that you're carrying, is it heavy? And I want you to reflect... Are you walking alone? Are you carrying the yoke by yourself? Are you trying to do this Christianity thing by yourself, not linked with Jesus, who will guide you all the way and help you carry the burden all the way, or linked with His body, okay, the family of God? Are you walking alone? If you are, that may be why it's heavy. And are you holding on to hurt? to vengeance, to anger, to bitterness.
jealousy, or holding on to those things. Because Jesus says, forgive, and you will find rest. Whatever you're struggling, wherever you're at, I want to encourage you to spend time with Jesus. Trust Him that He's with you. Develop that relationship in a more deep and intimate way, and the burden will become lighter and lighter. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for inviting us into this relationship that, uh, that we don't walk alone, and that when we carry your teachings with you, we can find rest. That's the promise. And so help us look at our pain and look at our, um, our load and assess. If it's heavy, then maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe I'm not linked to you like I should be. Maybe I'm carrying a different yoke. Lord, give us clarity and help us to continue to receive and, and, and respond to that invitation to come and find rest. We do ask you to be with our brother Chris, with his whole family, in this time of suffering. They're so it's, it's difficult to watch others that we love suffer. But we give you thanks because we know that you are there as our great counselor, comforter. Pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Whatever your need may be this morning, may you come and you stand with us.